Hi, welcome to the Plot Twist Design Business Podcast. My name is Kelly Collier-Clark. This is Season 6, Episode 3. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Nikki McNeil-Brown. Nikki is founder and principal of her firm, McNeil-Brown Interior Design, located in Riley, North Carolina. Stay tuned and let's get started. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I know we have a lot to discuss and I want to jump right in, but I just want to say it was a pleasure meeting you in person for the first time at the Meridian Experience Conference. Yes, it was because I felt like you were already my friend in my head because we (laughs) were acquainted online and that was the beauty of the Meridian experience. It was making those actual friendships in person. Yes, I totally agree. I feel the same. And so although the season is around um, honoring the conference and acknowledging that it's also about you as Nikki, the person, the designer, blogger, mother, wife, and all of those things. So is I want I want to start off by asking you, would you say this is me season for you? And if so, what defines that for you? I would absolutely say this is me season for me because I am a new mom, I'm a new wife, and for the last 18 months, it's all been focused on baby, and, you know, even before she was here, I was focused on, you know, being a a new wife, and so going to this conference really was a catalyst for me to add myself back to those priorities. Wow. I love that. That's, and that's a real thing. So thank you for being transparent and saying that because a lot of times as women, we don't put ourselves first, right? Yes. Um, I was putting myself at, after first, you know, as far as responsibilities, it was my husband. Then next it was the baby. Then it was my business. Then it was my blog. And then at the bottom of the list, it was me. So I needed something to jolt me out of that, you know, hierarchy that I had put on myself because in reality, I have to be my best self to be able to serve all those other responsibilities. Yes, that is so true. And it goes so far beyond self-care is a hashtag. I mean, yes. it's, it's, it's survival, right? So um, that's really important. Um, So Let's rewind the tape a little bit, and I want to ask you, how did your journey begin with design and blogging to lead you to where you are today? Yeah, so I actually started blogging in 2007, 2007, um, as I was entering into interior design school. So I had graduated. My first degree was in psychology. I thought I was going to be a doctor, and so I majored in psychology, and I did all the pre-med prereqs. I took the MCAT, and after I did that, my junior year, I realized I don't want to go to med school. I realized that the the business of medicine, because I had been interning um, with a geriatric physician, actually, for two summers, Mm -hmm. 
um, the business of medicine and then just because I'm I'm a little bit of an input empath I'm an empathetic person mm-hmm. I was weighing on me uh, my 22 year old self just wasn't mature enough to be able to separate you know what I was seeing in doctor's offices mm-hmm. or in hospital wherever I would had would have wound up um I was taking it home with me and so I got to a place where I realized you know, even though you thought you wanted to do medicine, what else would you like to do? And so I found interior design. I always use the word I found because I did not know that interior design was a profession. I did not know that. Okay. I thought that people decorated their own homes and I never thought about or was exposed to the fact that every single space that we inhabit that's an interior space, whether it be at home or, you know, a commercial space, had someone with intention behind it to make it what it is so when i discovered that i was like oh wow i can use my artistic abilities my technical skills and jump into interior design and so i found a program um here in my hometown raleigh north carolina that i could enroll in simultaneously realizing that blogging was a thing (laughs) i feel like i'm like a veteran blogger because back then it wasn't what it is now but Mm -hmm. i loved the idea of blogging because it enabled me to share what i was learning to connect with other people that were in similar industries and just kind of opened up my connectivity to the world because i've I've made blogging friends throughout the country wow that's amazing i think it's super intuitive of you in your 20s to realize that as an empath a profession wasn't going to work right um and i'm sure you had to maybe deal with you know family like what are you thinking right if you're had to be a doctor and then you decide to be an interior designer and some people don't necessarily have the same respect for creative professions um which is a whole nother coffee conversation but (laughs) it's just because it because and i'm glad you mentioned all the skills that you use because you absolutely need a lot of skills to actually do this right yes yeah so um i think that's great and i appreciate hearing it because i didn't know so i just learned some things about your journey um now how so now that you are here right and you do all of these things how do you balance in this me season um motherhood with work-life balance you know and being a wife as an entrepreneur Whew, that is a loaded question <laughs> i know <laughs> so the going back to the theme of this season um mm-hmm. the meridian experience when albie announced that she was doing it First of all, Albie and I are friends. And so I was aware that she was planning something before she announced it. But when she actually came out and announced that she was doing it, my first instinct was, well, I can't, I can't go. This isn't going to be for me because, you know, I have a one-year-old who's not in daycare. She's with me all the time. Um, I have a husband who has some health issues that I'm being caretaker for. I told myself all the reasons why going to this experience was not for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank God, Albie is my friend, and she talked me through why exactly why I needed to take the time to go to something like the Marine Experience to, if nothing, if I gained nothing from it, just to take a break for myself, mm-hmm. uh, and also to kind of reinvigorate the Nikki that was 
before she was a wife, before she was a mom. And so when you ask that question, my short answer is I wasn't balancing it at all before mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. experience. And when I came back, I guess this was a divine timing, but when I came back the, the, that week after is when my daughter started part-time daycare. So Monday was a Friday. Now she is at daycare. And so it gave me the space to implement all the wonderful things that I learned. And even just the simple thing that we learned when DeBito was offering his insight on how to say inspired, he takes naps. <laughs> yes. Right, the nap yes. ministry, and when he said that, I was like, "Oh my God!" I had not ever thought of doing that because I don't yeah. get time to take naps. Like, yeah, for before the reading experience, my life was so jam packed from before the sun is up to mm-hmm. you know after I finish my day, I never thought, "Oh, I could take a nap and just take care <laughs> of myself." That's a simple, free thing to do, right? that's what I really took from the reading experience. Like balancing it all doesn't have to cost anything. It doesn't require more effort. Sometimes it means just slowing down. Yes. Yes. Just take a nap. And you know what? I have to say that when I would hear people say they, they take a nap or they took a nap, I would feel like I wish I could take a nap. And I would literally say it like, girl, I wish I could take a nap. And after the conference, I was like, you absolutely can take a nap and you need to start. And I will say since the conference, I've only taken two naps, right? And they were super power naps, but they felt good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and this is this is the other thing. You just said I only took two naps. The other thing that I took from the meek conference was giving yourself grace. So you said I only took two naps, but guess what? That's two more than you were taking before. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <So> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Some grace. Like we're making progress. We're taking steps. Yes. And that's that's what we need to focus on is the progress that's made, not the progress we want to make. Yes. I appreciate you saying that, Nikki, because it's true. And I preach a lot about giving ourselves grace. But the truth is we are all human and we don't really always even give ourselves the grace that we should. But um, so this is a good segue into the next part of our conversation, which was about, which is actually planned to be about the conference a little bit more deeper. So I understand why you didn't want to go. You shared that and then why you decided you should with the help of a friend, Albie. And I want to bookmark this for a second because you and I recently talked about a design group. There's plenty out there. I feel like people definitely need to have a tribe and it should be organic, right? But I think it's amazing that you have friends who will actually talk you into why you need to do something for yourself, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so important. Yeah. So I think the message for me, I want to make sure people hear is if you don't have people in your circle that aren't pushing you to be your best self or aren't going to challenge you on some of your stuff and some of your decisions, then you should probably seek out not necessarily new friends, but friends that do the things that you do, right? Um, That you can talk to and, you know, that'll hold you accountable. Um, So other than the naps, what else would you say resonates with you the most? You know, what resonated with me the most while I was at the conference was just a common 
link between everybody that was there of ambition. Everybody there was aspiring for something. It might not be the same thing, but mm-hmm. everyone there had goals and aspirations that they want to put their effort behind and not just be dreams and not just be hopes, but actually put some, you know, muscle behind it. And so that really resonated with me because it, I realized that, you know, I'm not alone in that feeling of, oh, I just want to do X, Y, Z. Um, and so the conference really empowered me to put effort behind it, you know, one step at a time, one nap at a time, whatever <laughs> yes. to get you there. Um, and so I left just feeling so full. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband when I got home that I felt like I had this full plate, like a, a huge feast leftovers plate. <laughs> immediately like I want to imbibe all these things I want to make it all be in my belly right now <laughs> one bite at a time and so that's really that was the key thing that I took away from the conference like yes you have all these resources you have all this opportunity but you can only do it one bite at a time yes yeah that's important because I mean I came home probably like everyone else on fire um, with a whole heaping list, our workbooks that we had, um, screenshots of the presentations and figure had to figure out what part do I need to work on first? Because I honestly started feeling a little overwhelmed. Yes. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we had some long days, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like information and inspiration overload like we went Uh from inspiring panels listening to people's actual stories to workshops where we were getting concrete steps of things to do to Mm -hmm. co-working with other attendees talking about what they're doing what we're doing it was like every single hour of the day while we were there was just jam-packed my mind was just like popcorn just popping up with (laughs) yes that is a perfect perfect um analogy because that's exactly how it felt um but for me it was the first in-person design conference i've ever attended Mm -hmm. um so if i have to say it it set a bar for me you know if i go to a different one and it's not given all of that i'm gonna feel disappointed (laughs) i mean i I need a a unblock party in the beginning like i need all of that i agree yeah it was from the time we landed, because even before the conference started, the conference attendees had, you know, arranged and gathered on Slack a plan to meet for brunch. I heard so it was that. Like before yeah. we even started the conference, we met for brunch and we're introducing ourselves and getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And it was like before the conference even started, we went into the conference feeling like these are my people and we about mm-hmm. to get a good dose. Yeah. Of <laughs> yes when i saw that i was sad that i was not landing in time to make that brunch but i felt like the slack being set up for attendees was brilliant um it was. It you know was. It, it reminded me of when my daughter went to college and she was able to meet people ahead of time like you're you know you get yes. to figure out who your roommate yes. is gonna be if you need one and you know it's almost like a virtual meet and greet ahead of time and I think the fact that it was 
intimate and not to turn this into a whole debrief of the conference, but it, it has to be said that it's something to be said um, about an intimate um, crowd, you know? Yes, yes absolutely. I, that was a, such a smart choice to keep it the numbers low and to keep everybody forced to, to mingle, not just to sit in a chair. Yeah, for sure. Because honestly, 100 people doesn't sound big but i don't know about you but in that room it felt like it was a lot of us there it did it you did know, it felt pretty full which means to me a conference larger at two and three hundred would be ridiculous almost because you can't you can't bond like that you can't no, get what we've got out of that yes so now back to you personally um about you i didn't we didn't talk about this kind of pre-game but I wondered if you could share somewhat something about maybe your business with regard to your aesthetic or do you have a client niched out? Is there certain things you do or don't offer? Can you share that? Yes. Yeah, so I don't necessarily have a niche aesthetic, meaning mm -hmm. like all of my projects look different. However, one thing that I do always incorporate is a, a vibrant mix of old and new. That's what I explain to my clients like if you're coming to me it's not just going to be neutrals it's not going to be all brand new it's not going to be you know stark modern what you're going to mm -hmm. get is a vibrant mix of old pieces and new and so when i think about my aesthetic for mcneil brown interiors i always question how can i incorporate that into the project okay okay and so just, I have a question that just came to mind about that. So when you say old and new, does that mean you source antiques to include or something that the client already had? So most of the time it's something that the client already had. And then that becomes a jumping off point for the items that I am sourcing for them. So I don't necessarily go and buy antiques for them, but Okay. I'm always amazed at things that clients have just tucked away and aren't using in their homes or they think I need to replace these lamps. And I'm like, no, these are classic. They're beautiful. And if you went and bought a new one today, it will be $500 for this lamp that you've had in your house for 30 years. That's what mm -hmm. my current client I'm thinking of. Uh, we're doing her, her master bedroom and she just thought these beautiful like ginger jar shaped um, ceramic lamps were trash and i'm like no this could be a start <laughs> your design yeah uh, or another example i had a client uh he was actually a he is a ent doctor and their house is extremely modern like brand new modern architecture and he didn't have anything on the walls at all in their home it was brand a new build and nothing mm -hmm. on the walls and his wife, who I was working with, said, you know, we have this tub of African textiles that we have saved over our trips from the mm -hmm. last 20 years. Let's pull these out and look at them. And he had the most beautiful, different, vibrant, like, Ghanaian, is that Ghanaian, excuse me, Ghanaian mm -hmm. print um, fabrics. He had this Maasai batik that was almost 10 feet wide by four foot tall. Oh, wow. 
folded up in a tub. And I'm like, no, these things are treasures, treasures, right? Yes. So that was really the jumping off point for their living room space. We created a huge mural basically out of this boutique for their long wall in their living room. And then we pulled colors from that for the different um, the different textiles that went into the room. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of an example of how, how my design process works. Yeah, you absolutely did answer the question. And I think it's brilliant. I think I'm, I'm a proponent of use what you can, right? Um, mm-hmm. with client projects, but I also do like to be given a freedom to decide what we should keep because then there are situations where, you know, a client might want to f- keep something and you, and then as a designer, I'm sure you probably experienced this where you feel like now it's forcing you to design around this and you don't like it type thing. Yes. Editing is key. Editing is key. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's where I feel like if, if someone's listening to this that's not a designer that is a prospective client, I just want to say I think it is important to trust your designer. Yes. Um, and then things can always be repurposed in a different room, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. So how would you define your dream client or your dream project, if you have one? Mm, my dream client would be someone who is fashionable, someone who loves fashion and color, but also loves tradition and history. Um, I, I, if somebody asked me who would be my dream client, it would be like Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. Here in North Carolina in like a beautiful mo- modern traditional home. So a traditional, you know, layout and having traditional elements to the architecture of the home but having modern modern fixtures inside and, and modern um, accommodations inside so what I, when I say that I mean like smart home technology or you know uh, automated window treatments um, mm-hmm. really really nice um, plumbing fixtures that have you know some of the new technologies that are available today mm-hmm. um, Yes. That was my dream client. Yes, I love that. So just to make sure we heard it, Tracy Ellis Ross and who was the second person? That was the only one I said. Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't, because I was like, yes, and I heard you still talking. So I wanted to make sure we heard the person, but yes, I love her um, too. That's a great- no, I said Tracy Ellis Ross if she and her living in North Carolina, because I don't know where she lives now <laughs> okay. in California, but I just picture her being in, the comfort and ease of North Carolina. Like we're still, we have, you know, Raleigh and Charlotte are cities, but we don't have that fast paced New York, LA kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. A lot of people are moving here, but <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm a North Carolina lover. So I always picture like, everybody should be here. It's a wonderful place to be. It is. It definitely is. And so that sounds good. I, I'm going to speak that into existence for you because you never know, right? You um, never know. But before we conclude, I just have one final question to ask. And that is, um, if you could give anybody advice or any tips that you want to share to someone who's thinking about getting in the industry or a new designer, what would that be? I would tell any new designer or someone thinking of 
starting in this industry is find someone that you admire their work and their their actual firm and work with them work under them um i got so much value in working as an intern or an unpaid like production assistant when i started out in my career and i cannot stress enough to new designers that the things that you learn in the field cannot be taught in the classroom or in a, in, a, in a lab type situation. And so I always encourage people to find somebody to work under and just to glean from. Yes, that's great advice. I agree that you, <laughs> the classes and courses that I took definitely didn't prepare me for the business. So mentorship, whether it's mentorship or internship, like you said, is definitely valuable for sure. I agree. Um, so that's amazing. That's nuggets and gems that you dropped here today nikki so i just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and all the things that you're balancing to share um, your story with us today oh it was my pleasure it was my pleasure all right well i look forward to talking soon and enjoy the rest of your day you too kelly all right take care bye bye